Hey, EB community. Welcome to the weekly Mia Thrives podcast. I'm Melissa, and my fellow co-host Jill and I are really excited to open up the conversation around the skin disease epidermolysis bullosa, also known as EB for short. So let's discuss what living with EB is all about. We hope you weigh in on our Facebook forum where the conversation continues. Let's talk thriving with EB. Jill and I are really excited. We have a special guest, a friend of ours. Sarah, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. We're really excited to have you and to continue our conversation about the different subtypes of epidermolysis bullosa. So for the duration of this podcast, we're going to refer to um, epidermolysis bullosa as EB, and we're going to introduce the subtype called junctional epidermolysis bullosa. And from there on end, for the rest of this podcast, we're going to refer to it as it's short form JEB. Are you okay with that, Sarah? Yeah. Jill, you're okay with that? I'm good with that. JEB, that's what we will use. But I'm still going to do my definition that I always Please do. do. Sorry, that's all. Okay, so Sarah and Melissa, I'm just going to do the definition uh, that is according to Deborah International, which is where we get our definitions from. So here we go. Junctional EB is characterized by a lack of adhesion of the skin through the basement membrane found between the dermis and epidermis. Approximately 5% of people with EB have the junctional form. Junctional EB is inherited recessively. For example, the parents are carriers, often unknowingly, and do not show physical signs of the condition. The birth of a child with junctional EB is usually totally unexpected. So Sarah, we were just wondering, how does your JEB affect you? My JEB affects mostly my back lately. Oh, And with mine, I don't have hand webbing or feet webbing. Okay. So you're able to do your own bandaging then? Yes, I do my own. Okay. Now, um, some people with JEB can lose their hair and fingernails and toes. Has that happened to you at all, Sarah? Yes, it has. Okay. I lost that pretty young, actually. I don't even remember having hair. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, But I know that you are so active and do so many things. It doesn't seem like your JEB stops you from doing anything in your day-to-day life, does it? Well, that's awesome. And so that leads us into our next question. How do you spend your days? I keep myself really busy. Okay. I volunteer in our community, in my community. Oh, that's awesome. What do you do? I volunteer at a local daycare during the school year. Okay. And in the summer, I actually volunteer at a summer camp. Oh, so that must be awesome that you're around young people all the time. Oh, I love it. Do you? Yeah. Okay. And I know in addition to your volunteering, you also taught yourself how to crochet and knit. Yeah. I learned crocheting from um, a book and YouTube. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. You're self-taught. Yeah. I... My mom tried teaching me, but I couldn't learn, so I just picked up a book one day and taught myself, and then I went on YouTube, and that's where I get most of my patterns from. 
Oh, that's awesome. So I know that you do lots of knitting projects. Is yes. there different ways that you knit or crochet? For knitting, I used to do with needles, but I found that it bothered my hands too much. Oh, okay, okay. And the needles were pointy and I kept um, making blisters with my fingers. Of course. So I was actually at Michael's and I found a um, knitting machine. And the way I knit now is a machine. So that's just at a regular Michael's craft store, that machine that you mentioned? Yes. I, Not anymore. I haven't found it for, I think I got it like 10 years ago. Oh, you know what, Sarah? I think um, our viewers at home or our listeners at home would really like to know what that machine is. So maybe off the air, we can try to find that information and we can put that up on our Facebook page. That sounds great. Because it's those kinds of little aids that help make our life with EB that much easier, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as your as our avid knitter and crocheter, that would be um, that would be awesome. Okay, so sometimes you use a machine, yeah, to knit. And am I allowed to share that? Yes, <laughs> I have also purchased some of your knitting. You are so talented. Thank you. I had to get some for Mia, and I also had to get some for um, Mia. Has four nieces and Sarah you outfitted them all with beautiful knitting dresses that was our Christmas present to them this year oh wow yeah so I'm glad they like them we never got a chance for all of them to wear them at once so I don't have pictures but I mean they're just a beautiful beautiful keepsake and Sarah you do knitting actually for um for a lot of other people as well this is part of your volunteering you also donate some of your creations to Deborah Canada, don't you? Yes, I do. For the last seven years now. And what? So um, this year, I know for Bella's Ball, which takes place in British Columbia at the end of this month, uh, Bella's Ball has an auction table. And what have you donated to the auction table this year? I donated a kid poncho set. It should fit, I think, a five, ten-year-old, and a butterfly kitchen set. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that sounds like some family is going to love getting that, getting that gift. So um, exciting news, actually. My husband, Daryl, and some of his friends are going to go out to BC to participate in Bella's Ball. Have you ever been out there, Sarah? No. I got to go out there a couple of years ago with my brother and his girlfriend and Daryl's sisters and their husbands. And Mia was with us. And um, it was actually uh, a lot of fun. And Jill, you oh. have a connection to BC now. Yeah, I'll be going to BC a lot. So I think next year we might have to figure something out. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that Mia Thrives can go and we'll go visit Ben and do Bella's Ball and we'll just make it a big trip. And maybe Andrew, too. Oh, maybe Andrew, too. I forgot that. That's right. Yeah. So, so Sarah, you know that Jill's middle son, Ben, is going to, to UBC next year, right? Uh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He, um, we talked about it in our last, last podcast. He got a, um, what's the right word? Scholarship. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Scholarship. I haven't listened to it yet. 
Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> to UBC. And then her eldest son, Andrew, is going to do a uh, business degree out there. So it looks like the two boys might be going together there really soon. You can imagine Jill would love to be out there too with them. Yeah. So if you do some creations next year, maybe I can bring them with us. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but my dogs are staying close by, Sarah. So that's good. I'm keeping my dogs close by me. They're not going to BC. <laughs> Aww, yeah. Um, so Sarah, for the Mia Thrives Golf Tournament, I think you were thinking about maybe making um, a donation to our gift table. Yes, I'm thinking of it, coming up with some ideas. Oh, that would be wonderful. Okay, I'm going to bug you about that soon then. <laughs> Jill is our golf tournament extraordinaire, so watch out, Sarah, because she will be all over you. <laughs> well, really, I already have part of it done. Oh, oh my gosh. Because I had something done, but then I didn't like it when I thought of you guys. Okay. So I like, I could actually um, incorporate it in with you guys. Awesome. That would be fantastic. Perfect. So you're obviously very good. I, I do want to say, though, to our listeners that, Sarah, you mostly crochet for fundraisers, baby showers, or wedding gifts, right? Yes. There's odd times I will crochet if someone asks me to. Um, like, two weeks ago, a friend asked me to crochet in a hat. Oh, that's lovely. So I crocheted with them a butterfly hat and sent it down to them and I just got a message yesterday that someone else wanted it the same hat so I'm <laughs> in the process of doing that now well you know Emily our um our dear friend Emily who does all our EV hacks is talking to you about maybe having your own like a uh, storefront what's that what's that um creative online oh group? Etsy Etsy yes um, Sarah, Emily really thinks that you should have an Etsy storefront because your creations are just so, so fun and well done. And I don't even think you recognize how good you are at your knitting and crocheting. I don't have time to do that. <laughs> I, I love that you don't have time for it. That's how busy you are with all these activities. It's amazing. Unfortunately, I was looking into it. Yeah. Because Deborah Canada um, suggested it also. Oh, good. And I like the idea, but I know I don't have the time to do it. Fair enough. Because of being so busy. Yeah. No, that, that's fair enough. And, of course, we have to get to what takes up most of your time during the day, and that's your fur babies. <laughs> yes. I have a cat. He's big and orange. And his name is Pumpkin. Obviously, his name is Pumpkin. <laughs> well named. Perfect name. Well, technically, he should have been called Papaya, but no one liked it, so he got called Pumpkin. Oh, but Pumpkin sounds like it's perfect. It is. He actually has more than one name. What's the other one? Ariel. Hmm. Orangey. Oh. <laughs> like Ariel, like Princess Ariel with the red hair? Um, yes and no, but it's like... When his tail sticks up, it kind of curls up the top, like oh. Ariel. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wasn't even thinking of that. That's cute. And my dad called him Ariel. 
And Jill, you have a cat? I do have a cat. We have a cat named Gary. It's a girl, but we call her Gary because she's loud like the um, the uh, snail on SpongeBob. Okay. <laughs> I don't watch SpongeBob. I, I feel so out of touch. Well, you have to watch SpongeBob because there's this, yeah, this snail on it and it goes, Wah! and our cat is so loud. Like, <laughs> so loud. And Mia loves the cat. When Mia comes over to our house, she goes right for the cat. And for we have a little chihuahua named Spring, and she loves Spring. The little ones. Yeah. Yeah, that she can cuddle. So, But you have a dog too, right, Sarah? Yes, I have a 16-year-old dog. Okay. I have a 15-year-old dog. Oh. Yes. Yeah. My dog's name is Amigo. Amigo? Yeah. And that means friend, I think. Is that right? Yes, friend in Spanish. Are you part Spanish? No. No? <laughs> you just like the name? When I first got him, I had a hard time taking names out. And there was a TV show on, it was called Amigo and Me. Okay. It was a little girl with a big brown teddy bear, and Amigo was a little brown doggy. And I picked Amigo. Gosh, we're about the same age, Sarah. I don't remember that show, Amigo and Me. I'm going to have to Google that. Yeah, I don't remember it either. Um, I was 18 when that came out. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Still, I, do, I, like, I, I don't remember it at, um, at all. But I know, oh, I don't know if I should say this out loud. I was going to say, I know that Amigo is more like your fur baby than pumpkin, but maybe you don't want me to say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that true. Okay. Well, they're, they're both kind of my fur baby, but due to Amigo being older now, right. he depends on me more than pumpkin does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pumpkin depends on me just feeding him. Right. Amigo depends on me feeding him and taking, helping him getting in and outside at times. Oh, gosh. So um, he's a little bit more elderly than Pumpkin is. Yes. Okay. But then he play you up, too, so. <laughs> well, when you and I talk on the phone, I often hear Amigo in the background, so he's definitely a lively one at times. Yes, he will pretend he's sick when he's not. Oh, he just wants your attention? To get my attention. <laughs> like this morning, he pretended he was going to get sick if he didn't want to one head. <laughs> By the way, he got it. <laughs> Did you know that Jill actually has three dogs? I do. Three? I have three dogs. I have uh, Belle, who is my oldest dog, and so she's 15. And then I have uh, Spring, who's the Chihuahua, who is uh, seven now. And then we actually adopted a couple of years ago um, our youngest dog who is three and his name is Harley and Harley uh, was was born uh, paralyzed so actually Harley's in a wheelchair so um, yeah he is my fur baby for sure and I have to take him and out inside and outside and lift him up on the bed and lift him up on the couch and bring him his food he's quite a prince actually he is but Sarah like Jill's not kidding when she calls him a prince he's mm -hmm. done photo shoots mm -hmm. he has his own instagram he's got I'm a gonna have to follow her now yeah he's gonna have like he is a really adorable dog we even had a tv show you had a TV we've show? had a tv That's show yeah sarah i'll try and send it to you um maybe i can link it somehow oh, on this because yeah we were uh, on a tv show just about sort of um 
where we got them. We got them from Dog Tales, which is a pretty famous dog rescue place. And uh, it's in King City, but people come worldwide to visit it, like celebrities and it's beautiful. They, they take like, you know, Sarah, how much you love your, your fur babies. They love all of their dogs this much and they, they take such good care of them. And we bring Harley back for visits and we had a reunion with his dog mom and his dog sister and they had a little reunion out front and, and they just, the show, right? that was part of the TV show. Yeah. They, they, um, yeah, it's an amazing place. It's dangerous for me to go because I want to bring home a hundred dogs. So, um, but yeah, Harley, ha- they gave him a great start in life and now, uh, now he thinks he's Mr. Famous. So <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't he do some like swimming therapy? He did swimming therapy there. Yeah. They have a, like a pool. So the part of the show was he did some water therapy there and put on a little life jacket and, and they put him in the water and yeah. So Sarah, I don't know um, if we mentioned to you specifically and to our listeners Jill, can you explain Harley's disability? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Harley was born um, with, there's a spinal defect. So in his back somewhere, there's a defect. So he has no feeling from about the middle of his back down. So he has no control of his bowels or his bladder. So we have to do all of that for him. Um, and he can't use his back legs. So at home, he pulls himself around like he sort of scooches by pulling his front legs. It's really... and. Towel on his bum he has like a diaper sometimes. Yeah, we put a diaper around him. Um, yes. So we we don't have him with the diaper all the time because I like for his skin. I think it's better that it's not on all the time. So we we take him outside and we have to, we had to learn how to express his bladder and so it's it's an undertaking for sure. It's um, sorry. What did you say about the bladder? Express. What does that mean? So it means you have to push on his bladder to express the urine. Yeah. So in the morning, so about three or four times a day, one of us has to carry him outside. So we carry him outside and then we put him down on the grass or whatever and we give him a minute and then we have to, there's a special spot and and we push on his belly and that expresses his urine. Yep. Yeah. So we had to learn how to do that. And I've actually gone around and trained a few people in Barrie who have um, uh, paralyzed or disabled dogs when they have to learn how to do it. So they've now somehow I've got on this list and so they'll call me and I'll go over and teach them how to do it. So Sarah, you can see how Jill went from, okay, so she has five boys, right? <laughs> yeah. So she has five boys. She has three dogs and a cat. So you can see Jill is very empathetic. And when she went and met Mia, it was, you know, her heart is so open. You you can see how Jill just fell in love. Heart. Well, no, but how you have this big heart. Oh. And through Amelia's. You know, that's how you care about Sarah and my condition, right? Like that's right. how you learned about EB. And yep. um, it's pretty amazing, though, that you you made that jump. Sarah, like you, Jill really likes animals. Mm-hmm. Yes, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love animals. Yeah. Sometimes they're easier to, like, get along with. Right. Well, they just love you. Like you're like Melissa, you met Melissa's two little dogs, right? Sarah, remember in the summer, they were all over you. Remember at the pool party? Yes. I don't even think I saw you without one of the dogs in your arms, actually, now that I think about it. But (laughs) that was so funny. I remember that. Yeah. But they are so attached to their mummy and they're so cute. But yeah, like they're just, 
I don't know. There's something just like when me, Oh, the best Sarah, when they first got the dogs, I remember they were doing um, some bandaging in the morning. And I think the dogs were only here for about two or three days and they jumped up and laid down beside Mia while she was getting her, uh, some of her blisters popped and her, her wounds bandaged. And they just laid beside her as puppies. They just knew that she needed love. And that's what dogs and cats do, right? Flamingo, years ago, he doesn't do it as often now, but when he was a pup younger age, yeah. he will come and put his nose beside a store. And then I noticed he did that a lot, especially when my store might be getting redder. Okay. So and so I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you need medication for it. He so knew. He did it again, and he actually taught himself. Wow. So I learned from that. If my if Amigo did that, hmm. I knew enough to go see my doctor about it to get it looked at. Hmm. I just think there's something there about about animals, and you know that they can sense when our body needs some attention. Yep. Yeah. And um, Sarah, you're really lucky that Amigo has that skill mm-hmm. because. You know, when we're fighting infection with our EB, uh, sometimes we're not as aware in the beginning of what's happening. Yes, I learned my lesson many times. Oh, sorry to hear that. But I'm grateful that you have Amigo that can help support you. Oh, yeah. Because it does go a long way, you know. Animals really do care so deeply and... Yeah, I wonder if, um, you know how they have pets, well, a lot of the times it's a dog that Mm -hmm. that helps people um, with vision loss or with anxiety? Yeah. Maybe there's something to this wound care thing. Mm -hmm. Nico, a lot of people ask if Nico is a therapy dog because he will protect me from anything. Like anyone comes over, he will stand between me and the person. And if he doesn't like them, he won't let me go closer. Oh, that's got to feel so nice to know you have that bodyguard, right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. I had one person I just showed up. I didn't know who it was. And Amigo would not let me open the door. Oh, that's so nice to know that he's got your back. Yeah. He's a gentle soul, but I think he probably would have really protect me if I needed to be protected. Yeah, no, I, gosh, I bet. Um, so I know we've talked a lot about our our um, connection with animals. I was wondering if, Sarah, we could go to our next question, which um, is how does it feel to connect with other people with EB? I love it. Do you really? I, okay. growing up, I never knew anyone else beside my brother. Okay. In high school, I had somebody, a teacher ask me if I knew anyone, and I was like, no. So she surprised me by reaching out to Deborah Canada, and I was able to get in contact with them, with one person with ED. Wow. And I have to ask, because that's many years ago, are you still in contact with that person? Yep. You guys did a broadcast of about Novelette. Oh my gosh, I had no idea it was Novelette. Yep, it was Novelette. 
Oh. I got chatting with her, and we've been chatting ever since. Oh, I love Novelette. She is just one of my favorite people to talk to. She, she really is, is. so centering. Yeah. You know, she's oh. just, she's so knowledgeable and just, uh, Sarah, I don't think you could have had like a better, I don't know if mentor is the right word, um, or friend. Yeah. You know, that, that you could really connect with. I know I feel that way. She, I always felt that. Oh. There was no one in the world beside my brother and I. Oh, gosh. I met Novelette, and then I, then I realized, oh, there's actual other people in the community that actually has TV than actually just two people. So I know exactly what you're talking about, Sarah. I did not meet someone else with EB. Um, I guess I was seven or eight when I went to this uh, EB clinic that was in Europe. And um, I met a couple of other people there that had EB. Amazingly enough, you know, Chris Graff? Chris Graff, he was, uh, he's our, um, he is a tattoo artist and he uh, has been in our, Artists Thriving with EB series. Oh, yeah. By now I know, yeah. We did uh, our first podcast with, mm-hmm. was with Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he, uh, he also went to this different EB clinic in Europe, which is amazing. But Emily was um, the first person that I met that was someone else my age that I wasn't related to. Like you, I had family members that have uh, EB but none of my cousins or siblings. And so I had never met anyone else out of the family outside of that EB clinic, uh, you know, until I was in my thirties. And it was so amazing to meet someone else. Emily also has the same kind of EB that I do, that I felt a connection. And what I'm so excited about that I know for you, Sarah, Mia Thrives was recently at the First World EB Congress. And Emily met a young woman there. And wouldn't you say she looks very similar to how you look, Sarah? Yes. (laughs) And isn't that such a great feeling? Oh, it was. I mean, she's a beautiful young woman. And, um, you know, her, her name is Tony. And she is a world traveler. She loves learning. Uh, I think her and Emily are going to be like best friends for the rest of their life. <laughs> Probably a friendship like you have with Novelette, Sarah. Most likely, yeah. Because there's that, you know, that deeper understanding of having, a, you know, having EB and a skin condition and how that feels. But I'm just so glad. And this was just like weeks ago this happened to you. Yeah, it did. Emily got me in contact with her. We've been PMing each other. Oh my gosh. Facebook. Isn't she amazing? She is. Yeah, I'm just, I, I am sorry that this is the first time you've met someone who also has JEB who looks like you, but it's more than that. Her personality is similar to yours. She's a real go getter. She loves life. She doesn't let her JEB stop her. And I think. You know, as sorry, Ann, that it's taken you this long to find someone who looks and is similar to you. I'm so glad that you have. Yeah. Goes a long way. Yeah. 
And what I love about um, connecting with other people with EB is that um, it, it allows us to feel that connection. And we know that we're also making that other person feel that they're understood as well, right? Yeah. And online is certainly a great place for that to happen. And you are quite the social butterfly online. I love doing social butterfly stuff online. You really? I find that it's more comfortable for me. That little bit of distance, right? Yeah, like I can't handle big groups. Oh, in person, you mean? In person, I can't handle big groups. I can handle maybe like three or four. I see. But if it's like, if we're sitting in a big meeting at a table, I could not, I can't handle it that well. But like at your place over the summer? Yes. It was... There were quieter spaces that you could connect with just a couple of people. And we were all crowded together. And that was so much nicer than being crowded. Oh, well, I'm glad. And I'll certainly keep that in mind for our next uh, get-together that we have. Yeah. I have learned if I get overwhelmed, I will go off. Well, that's certainly the right... The right thing to do. Yeah. Um, I feel comfortable with those dogs with me. Oh, well, again, everybody feels comfortable, I think, with, I shouldn't say everybody, but many people feel more yeah. comfortable with um, with pets. And I, I want to ask, because you got a chance to meet Mia last summer, and, um, you know, for Mia, it's been amazing that she's met all these older Butterfly friends that also have EB, uh, she really has a lot of pride in meeting fellow butterflies, is how she refers to us. Okay. And I just wonder, um, you know, if you had advice to give a young person with EB, what would you say to them? Just be yourself. Oh, yeah. You can't get better than that. Don't let other people tell them that they can't do something just because you have EB or other disabilities. Just, just be yourself, basically. Well, I, I think that's certainly great advice and something that you live by. Yes. I took me a long time to realize that it's okay to be yourself. And you would agree that, um, lot, yourself included, lots of people with UB or with disabilities in general, can we can still do things. It's just maybe we have to do it a little bit differently, but yeah. we can still do things, right? Yeah. So that um, that's really how we try to raise Amelia and the other young people with EB that we've met, we've noticed that that's something in common. Wouldn't you say, Jill, that mm-hmm. a lot of the parents try to do? Yeah, absolutely. Just help their child figure out ways to make it happen. Yeah, it just might be done a little differently, but it, it you know, it can be done. Yeah. <laughs> my, my missing, I don't live with needles, but I live with a machine. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yep. I I really need to get the name of that machine. Yeah, we need to find out what that machine is. That is, is uh, that is such a great. Um, I will send time. you the name of the machine. Okay. I have. I just have to look it up. Okay, but I have to ask because I remember hearing the story about you, 
And I think it was where, was it where you were volunteering, Sarah, at the daycare? Or was it yeah. at camp? No, day, I think it was daycare. Either one, I'm not sure. Okay. And and what happened there? Wasn't it that a, do you, do you want to share the story about this young person? Well, I had a child, mother came to me and said, my child learned to ride her bike and she took a tumble and most parents are like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And the kid was like, I'm okay. If teacher Sarah can do it, I can do it. Aww. And then the parent was like, I'm not understanding why she's saying that. And the kid turned around and said, well, teacher Sarah has boo-boo. I have one, but she still comes to help us out. Aww. Oh, Sarah, that must have been such an incredible experience. Oh, it was. I was just like, pardon me. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You're so a role model. Yeah. That's when the parent was like, I tried looking up positive information or just information in general with EB. And then Deborah Hammond suggested I did a EB story. And, and so can we still find that story? Yes. And you that, can, we can post a link if you want. Okay. With, they can go to my EB story and people can read that. I think that would be a great idea. Well, thank you, Sarah. We really appreciate you being a part of our podcast. I think we all got to learn a little bit more about what JEB can be like. Mm -hmm. And um, certainly are inspired by some of the ways that you choose to live your life by. So thank you for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So, Jill, is that another successful It podcast? is. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening at home. We look forward to hearing from or speaking with you next week on the Mia Thrives podcast. Bye, Bye. for now. Bye, everybody.